This is how we do it. We're coming at you right now. You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, AfterBuzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin. Guys, hey, welcome. We're talking all about Hard Knocks today. This was the jam. Came out in 1995. These guys, thank you. We got a dance party happening here. Half of these guys weren't even born, I feel like, when this song came out for real. Um, but they all know it. They're all grooving to it. They're dancing to it. Jameis is making up new words to it. Even Jason Lick's son is on the bench, like, jamming out. Super great opener. My name's Lindsay Wagner. You guys can find me on all things social media at Lindsay Wagner. That's L-Y-N-D-S-E-Y-W-E-G-N-E-R. Let's talk about Season 11, Episode 4 of Hard Knocks, all about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I'm going to give you guys just a little splash of news to start. We're going to end with news as well. But because Maurice Fleming was such a huge focus in last week's episode, I wanted to give you guys a little update if you haven't already seen it. Um, he and the Bucks reached an injury settlement, and he's going to receive just over 100000 for the next five weeks, which is actually this, right around the same amount that he would make if he were on the practice squad all season. So he got a nice settlement from it. He is going to be out for the next four to five weeks while the repair of a damage from the meniscus uh, that he had injured in last week's episode at the game. And uh, in the five weeks, if he's healthy, any team can pick him up. The Bucks have to actually wait until week nine if they were to pick him up because after an injury settlement is – after it's an injury settlement, they have to wait a three-week grace period until the final pay period that he'd paid. They have to wait three weeks after that. So big things going to be happening in the next five to eight weeks and seeing what happens there. But speedy recovery, Maurice, for you. Uh, jumping into the episode, we start with third round pick Godwin. He's our wide receiver. Uh, he has camp buzzing. And we saw a lot of the girlfriends in today's episode, including his girlfriend, Mariah, who he's been with for five years. They met when he was actually in high school and he was playing for her dad's football team and apparently was very shy at the time. And her mom was like, I don't even like this kid. Uh, Clearly, he's been around for five years, so he's he, he's got to be fairly solid for the fam to still keep him around. Uh, he led Penn State last year in receiving yards, and he actually led uh, the Bucks last week against the Browns in receiving yards as well. And uh, General Manager Jason Licht was talking to one of the NFL analysts and said that he actually came to camp with an apartment. He had already got an apartment because he wanted to come prepared and Jason told him, you know, we have a free hotel for you. And he said he wanted to come with a good headspace. And, I mean, that is huge, crazy. Uh, and uh, Cutter wants him for the offense and for the special teams. But, obviously, we see he needs to get a little bit used to the heat. He's never played in heat like this. And in Florida, you're going to get rain. You're going to get humidity. You're going to get heat. You're going to get all the things. And... One thing I really enjoyed about this episode was we're seeing a lot of McCoy, uh, who's obviously a natural leader, 
talking with a lot of the younger players and giving them advice and a pep talk. And a lot of the times the offense and the defense doesn't get along. They're playing against each other in the scrimmages. They don't get along. I don't want to be friends with each other. But he really works with anyone and talks to anyone. And I really liked the advice that he was giving uh, Godwin. The talent show that was teased last week wasn't all that climactic. We do see uh, O.J. Howard, who's also known as Juice, doing an impersonation of Jameis Winston. We've got Riley Bullo doing an impersonation of Mark Duffner, the linebacker coach. And we've got commentary from uh, Baker and McCoy. And Baker was known as the number one ugly player. And he only pulls one rep at practice a week. And they do appreciate the rookies, though, because at least they're honest and tell the truth. Uh, speaking of Coach Duffner, he's talking about Ballo's toughness, awareness, his ability to study, his confidence on the field, his leadership as well, his ability to be vocal and really get the team amped. But this is the first we're hearing some negativity about him, and he's limited movement-wise. And today we actually saw a couple different rookies kind of getting the negative, and we haven't seen much of that. Everyone's been doing a fairly good job. Uh, and this makes me nervous because I feel like the game against the Browns, when defensive coordinator Mike Smith says uh, he can see why Riley isn't going to, he can't make the play. And I'm like, oh, shoot. He's, you can see why he's not going to make the team. I hope that's not the case. I hope he can really do something against the Redskins this weekend and, and show them why he deserves to be on this team. But if they're talking about his limited movement, I, I just I feel like it's a it's a bad sign. And I have a little soft spot in my heart for him. I posted on my Instagram, I believe it was Friday, this purple purse, and there's a story behind it. Um, and he's actually involved in the story. If you read it, you'll understand. But he actually liked my Instagram post. So I got a soft spot for you, Riley, and I, and I, hope, you, I hope you make it. And um, we've got, uh, we see some practice. They're having good practice, bad practice. But a great part of the first practice that we got to see was Jameis throwing a beautiful Hail Mary pass to Deshaun Jackson. He knows he needs to get the ball in Jackson's hands. Jackson's pushed, pressured him before saying, you got to get it to me. You got to get it to me. And the camaraderie between him and Mike Evans, it's all coming together. Even uh, quarterback Ryan Griffin told him that that was the second best throw he's ever seen him throw. So super great. Like I said, we, we saw a couple more of the girlfriends. We got to see uh, Cameron Lynch's girlfriend, a linebacker who was cut last year by the Rams and then got picked up now by the Bucks, And his girlfriend kind of stuck with him. They had just met and she was able to help him take his mind off of that happening and has stuck around. And, and so their relationship was super cute. And Jameis Winston's relationship with his girlfriend, Breon, and their dog, Tootsie, Tootsie Winston. I mean, it's almost as good as Rutherford B. Hayes. And that's my dog's name. Uh, they met in high school, and uh, she played basketball at Rice, but she could apparently beat him in basketball, which I can see. The shots she was making, yeah, girl, you go. His uh, uncle actually called her a sniper for her, sniper for her ability uh, in sports, and quite a difference in the house from the first episode, huh, guys? Humble beginnings that we saw. And uh, 
Let's talk a little bit about our other rookie, McNichols, and the running back coach, Spencer, gave McNichols a D- minus for his game um, with some bad plays the last game. He's obviously going to get better with the reps, but the problem is he's tentative. He gets overwhelmed easily. He doesn't seem confident when he's playing. And even the special teams coordinator gave him C plus for his speed and his coverage on the kickoff, having a nice solo tackle. But he's making rookie mistakes, and he's got to be more confident in what he's doing. Uh, they want explosion from him, and the montage that we saw of him, he's he's not bringing the explosion that I think they're expecting. So I really think he's he's on the bubble. Plus, he got into that fight with safety um, Mark Heston Huff during practice. A guy that I'm not so interested in, and I'm interested to hear what you guys think about, is wide receiver Bobo Wilson, who played with Jameis at Florida State and seems very entitled, like he's supposed to be on the field and he should be playing and getting all these plays. Meanwhile, he's got to have something to back it up. And even the offensive coordinator Todd Munkin said, we see that you want to do it, but you have to make an effort to do it. He's cocky. He said he was competing at Florida State. College and the NFL are so different, and they talked about that in that first game about how this is their first time playing an NFL game and there is nothing like it. You're competing at Tampa Bay. You're competing in the NFL. Like I I don't understand how you can even compare it to baby steps there, but he missed the question in the team meeting. I just, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not on his train yet. Not really quite a fan. And, uh, Jackson and Evans are going to be sitting out preseason game three. Guys are getting a little bit banged up, so they're trying to protect them before the real season starts, which means wide receiver Die, who we didn't see up until last week's episode when he was talking about the eclipse and the cicadas, came in. He was out with a bone contusion in the first, one of the first practices, so we haven't seen him. But he has he only had two receptions during the game against the Browns. And he's only had 11 catches in the past two years on and off that he's been playing. But Mike Evans said that he works his butt off and loves the game of football so much he'll do whatever it takes to make the team. So hopefully we'll see a little bit more from him in this last game and he can pick up on that bubble. Um, We saw the new locker room. There's more space. They're not back-to-back. The showers actually don't have brown water coming out of them. They've got phone charges and all the things. The seats have cushions. It's a big deal for the guys. Uh, LaFau actually gave a little pep talk before the game saying, rain, rain, go away. Jameis to Cam goes all the way. Uh, meanwhile, there was uh, Fantasy Football, which guy Wednesday. Would you choose Jameis Winston or Cam Newton? What would you guys choose? I mean, as much as I love Jameis, right now he's a risk taker and I don't think he can pay off with those risks right now. I still think he's got some time to learn uh, to become an elite quarterback, which I think he's 100% capable of. Um, And this year more than ever with the team that he has, but I would probably choose Cam over Jameis as well. I would definitely choose Aaron Rodgers or Drew Brees um, over him. I think I had uh, Philip Rivers, and he always throws up great numbers. So if you guys are looking for fantasy quarterbacks, I got my draft on Saturday. So we'll see how that goes. Um, Jameis gives, also gives a pep talk once they get onto the field. It's really, really raining right now. Uh, and he makes this correlation with That's So Raven, which is still lost in translation for me. But uh, 
he said, don't let anyone come into your house and take anything from you. This is our house. So protect the W, protect the house. They want the win against the Browns. And it should not have been a difficult game for them. Unfortunately, it was. Um, Jameis throws an interception right away in the beginning, and a rookie actually makes the play and runs down the field. It does not look good. You can definitely tell right after that his mood just changed. It just dropped, and he needed to get that back. Um, Martin was having a good game, but actually uh, Jaquez Rogers led in rushing with 34 yards. So I still think he's going to be taking over that position when Martin is out. And uh, Martin's mom actually calls for an interception at one point, and that's when we see David tip the ball so that cornerback Hargreaves can actually make the play and get the catch. Uh, we've got the defense doing a great job holding you know, the Browns' offense, but the offense really needs to move the ball down the field, and they just weren't capable of doing that for the game. And Folk made three out of three with a 43-yard long kick for a field goal. I, I mean, he, was, he made all the points. He made all the points for the game, which is really – it's great for your kicker. He's solidifying his spot and the reason that they ha dropped Aguayo. But, I mean, let's – we got to get some some points up there. Um, they are tied at the half when Die does get a beautiful reception. It definitely was out of bounds. I mean, I'm really glad that Cutter threw the challenge flag because it was challengeable 100%, but he was out of bounds. And Jameis told him – whether whatever the outcome of this play is, you made a great catch. You made a great play, and and that's what you got to remember. Um, I hope that he gets a spot on the team. I'd love to see more from him, especially since he's got that love for the game so much. It, it almost makes them a better player in my mind when you love the game that much more. And he actually really appreciates Jameis pushing him along the way. Huh, they don't like cicadas, he said when they uh, when they called it out of bounds. And as it starts to rain harder, uh, fans are getting wet. You see the stadiums looking a little bit empty on the on the field level. And uh, Bubba Wilson was in nine in for nine snaps and uh, left the stat sheet empty, except for a block that he made for uh, Hansbrough to get a nice long run, which he made sure that he knew and called out. Humble, please. That would be nice. And uh, McNichols misses a block. And the Browns take Fitzpatrick down and Cutter pulls him out and yells at him and says, you know, we have gone over this. This is dangerous to the quarterback. And Peyton Barber comes up to him and says, you know what, I missed the same thing. But you got to remember that you always have to look to the backside first and protect that. Um, I mean, this is his position up for grabs, the same as Lynch and Bala, who have their final three minutes to prove their roster spot. And Bala misses that play, and the Browns get a touchdown after an 87-yard drive with eight completions, two penalties, and a pass right down center field. It's just, it was bad. They, Browns won 13-9, and, um, I mean, they're two for one, they're one for two right now in preseason, and I really hope that they can look good while they play the Redskins this next week before the regular season starts. And the episode closed with uh, Gerald McCoy in the McCoy Theater watching the finale of Game of Thrones because it was the finale of Game of Thrones and their reaction to it, um, which I can only imagine you guys all had the same thing if you watch Game of Thrones. 
next week, we are going to see the finale game against the Red. We're going to see the finale of the season. We're also going to see the final game against the Redskins. They're going to cut the roster from 90 to 53. In the past year, they just changed this rule. So instead of cutting from 90 to 75 to 53, uh, they actually changed it so that they can see more of the players during the prison and evaluate them better, which I think it gives them a chance just to know the guys better, to cut to 53, even though it's just a giant chunk right away. Uh, and some final news before we wrap up. The Bucks officially signed quarterback Ryan Griffin to a one-year contract extension. He's obviously recovering from a sprained AC joint. He uh, took that hit during the game and uh, on his throwing arm, but was outperforming Fitzpatrick before. So it looks like he might solidify that backup quarterback spot. And they could put him on the 53-man roster and then right before put him on injury reserve so that he can join the team later in the season. So we will, well, let's see what happens uh, next week. If you guys want to talk to me about Hard Knocks football, anything else, your fantasy football team, feel free to tweet me at Lindsay Wegner and use that hashtag ABTV Hard Knocks. You can find me on all social media at Lindsay Wegner. That's L-Y-N-D-S-E-Y-W-E-G-N-E-R. Can't wait to see you guys next week for the finale. Bye. From executive producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. Herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.